to the ExtraordinaryChurch.ca podcast, where ordinary people experience extraordinary life in Jesus Christ. You are about to hear a message that will encourage you to become and experience all that Jesus Christ has for you. Are you ready? Open up your Bibles because something extraordinary is about to happen. I turn your attention to the book of Hebrews. Now they tell me that some Bible colleges teach you never, ever, ever to say, I want to turn your attention to an old familiar portion of Scripture when you're preaching because people will check out and they'll say, well, there's nothing there for me to learn. But I've never been to Bible school, so I don't know that. So I want you to turn to an old familiar portion of Scripture today found in the book of Hebrews chapter number 11. It is commonly called the faith chapter. I'm going to start in verse number one to show you something resting unnoticed in the first few verses and in the entire chapter and in the entire Bible. But we seldom ever notice this. See if you notice what I'm talking about. Hebrews chapter number 11, verse number one. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it, by what? By faith. The elders obtained a good report. Through faith we understand the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made by those things which do appear. By faith Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which, by faith, he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts. And by it, by faith, he being dead, yet speaketh. In these verses, you find interspersed uh, a specific denoting of by faith and through faith. God said, by faith this, through faith that. By faith this, and by faith this, and by faith this, but through faith that. I recently faced a situation that I did not ask to face, but I wanted to deal with because it involved a close, close friend of mine. I'll tell you more about that, how it prompted me to do some studying on the concept I'll bring to you today, but my message to the church, and oh God, I hope some of you are in a place spiritually that you can hear and apply what I'm getting ready to preach today. My message is very simple. The difference in by faith and through faith. The difference in by faith and through faith. God bless you. You may be seated. Let's talk about faith today. While faith is a massive concept, if we were to shove our understanding of the subject of faith into a thumbnail sketch, there are a few things that would come standing forth in the midst of our thumbnail sketch. We would see that faith is one of the premier themes of the entire Bible. Uh, faith is such a pivotal element in your walk with God that the Bible says without faith it is impossible to please him. It would be important for us to know in this apostolic Pentecostal way I do believe you need to repent. You need to be baptized in Jesus' name. And you need to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues. But it would do everybody in the building today good uh, to realize that our salvific experience does not start with repentance. Our salvation experience does not start with baptism in Jesus' name or receiving the Holy Ghost according to the Word of God. 
It says, he that cometh to God must believe. You have to have faith that God is and that God is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. If we were to talk about faith today, we'd have to speak about this element of faith as the tangible of those intangible things that we're trusting God for. That means that faith is the thing you hold on to before you hold on to the miracle you're asking God for. Faith is the consolation you lean on while you're awaiting the consolation your answer is going to bring faith. It's the evidence you need while hoping for the supernatural things that you need in your world. That's why our opening text tonight tells us that faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Elbow your neighbor right now and tell him, let's talk about faith for a minute. Let me tell you some things that I know about faith. Faith, real faith, is not some psychosomatic denial of reality or some warped mentality of trying to imagine something into existence. That's not what faith is. Faith is not some little engine that could, that forces God to do something that's not his will to do. That is ignorance. Faith, genuine faith is not some check your brain at the door and God will bless your ignorance. Absolutely not. Faith, real faith is not some ridiculous name it and claim it conceptualization but it is a spiritual response by humanity to a divine promise from God. Hear me today. I thank God every day that I live for faith. Faith can change your situation. Faith can change your life. Faith can change your family. Faith can change your world. Yeah. <coughs> Let's talk about faith. Need to go on tonight, but <coughs> there's a few things that I know about faith. Faith is one of the most exciting concepts in our walk with God. There are few things more exciting to preach about than faith. Remember that I told you, without faith, it is impossible to please God. But there is a flip side to that coin. Without faith, you can't please God. But with faith, blind eyes can see. With faith, cancer can be cured. With faith, deaf ears can hear. With faith, diabetes can be disintegrated. Thank God for faith right now. With faith, broken bones can be restored. With faith, high blood pressure can be halted. With faith, hurting homes can be helped. With faith, arthritis can be annihilated. Oh, the power of faith. With faith, heartaches can be healed. With faith, tumors can be taken. With faith, confusion can be conquered. With faith, asthma can be abolished. Uh, somebody ought to lift your hands right now and thank God for the power of faith. But all of this leads me, especially in light of what God allowed me to see in this 11th chapter of the book of Hebrews, to the one of the most important things that we better get a grip on when it comes to faith. One of the most crucial things that any child of God can ever understand about faith is that faith can fail. 
faith has the ability to fail throughout God's word. We see examples of failing faith. There was a day that Jesus looks at Simon Peter and said, Simon, Simon, Satan hath desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. But then Jesus said to him, but I have prayed for you that your faith fail not. See, somebody in here needs to understand hell can be hounding your trail, but you can hold on to your faith. You can go through all the attacks the devil throws your way, but faith can still exist in the realm of your soul. I need somebody to hear me. Let's, let's, let's at least have the honesty, however, to admit that faith can and sometimes faith does fail. Remember, you can get so trapped in your troubles. You can get so weary in your warm and warring. You can be so consumed in your calamity. You can be so distracted in your disasters that your faith can begin to falter. And when it does begin to falter, our hearts collide with discouragement. Our minds are consumed with confusion and our hopes crater into depression. No, in spite of what anybody tries to tell you, I need you to listen to this fat preacher from Texas tonight. When your faith begins to falter, it does not mean that you backslid. It does not mean that you're living lost. It does not mean that you're being a hypocrite. It just means that your struggles are stealing your faith. Doesn't mean you're ba- the devil wants to convince you. Oh, you live in a lie. You're not even saved. You're not even living like you saved. You, you out there trying to act like you're right with God, and your faith has been beat down to nothing. Hush your mouth, devil. I ain't got time to hear none of that. If there's no sin in my life, I'm all right. If there's no iniquity hidden in my heart, I'm all right. It's the potential of failing faith that caused God to say in his word in the book of Luke chapter number 18 and verse number 8, nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth. And it's there with the knowledge that your faith can fail. That I'm pulled back to our opening observation. God have mercy. I hope somebody in here is going to listen to what I've got to say today. Understand, faith can fail. Look with me at the verses I read to begin this. It says, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. All it is is reiterating the importance of faith and just how crucial faith is to your walk with God. But in the very next verse, he says, for by faith, the elders obtained a good report. Them old elders walked with God. And when they walked with God, they had faith. And by their faith, they obtained a good report. But in the very next verse, God says it like this. Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. Did you catch it? By faith. The elders obtained a good report. But through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. Reading on, he says, by faith, Abel offered God a more excellent sacrifice. By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death. By faith, Noah being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear and built an ark to the saving of his house. And by faith, Abraham looked for a city that had a foundation whose builder and maker's God. But then it tells us in the next verse, through faith, 
faith. Sarah <laughs> received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was almost 100 years old. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I don't know if that's a blessing or a curse to be 100 years old and start having babies. I am only 58 years old, and I've thought about killing a couple grandchildren. Oh, I love them. I can't wait to see them. I can't wait to fill them full of chocolate, caffeine, but then when they lose their mind, I say, you need to take this kid. <laughs> Understand the 11th chapter and scattered throughout the entire Bible gives us glimpses of by faith this and through faith that. Now understand, I am an analytical thinker. Uh, not just because I write books. I've always been an analytical thinker. And when I see certain things, my, 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 my cranial capacity begins to scream and say, why is that? Why? Uh, there's a lot of things you see in the Bible that, uh, for instance, the Bible said that God they told the angels, to go down to Sodom and Gomorrah and I want you to rain fire and brimstone judgment down on them but on your way you go talk to his spiritual covering Abraham and the Bible said there were three angels that showed up at Abraham's house but when they showed up in Sodom there's only two of them jokers and my brain says why? When I read this verse, all of my walk with God, I've read by faith this and through faith that. And in my mind, I was convinced that it's saying the very same thing. It's just saying it in different terminology. But a few weeks ago, I was put in a situation that made me go back and look afresh at these scriptures. And I saw something that was seemingly unnoticed. Scripture makes a glaring separation, distinction between by faith and through faith. By faith, the elders. By faith, Abel. By faith, Noah. By faith, Enoch. By faith, Abraham. But then he says, through faith, we know. Through faith, Sarah. On and on I could go about by faith, this and this through faith that and it begs the question what is the difference in by faith and through faith now most of you are probably like me you looked at that scripture in all of your life you said well it's it's just saying the same thing but all of a sudden I begin to look at the players in these stories that he used as illustrations are you with me right now let me show you what commanded my attention when you look at the difference in by faith and through faith in light of those particular illustrations the writer utilized. There are some things that stand out. Those old elders had faith and by their faith they obtained a good report. Abel had faith and by his faith he offered a more excellent sacrifice. Noah had faith and by his faith he built an ark. Enoch had faith and by his faith he was translated from walking on the earth to walking in heaven. Abraham had faith and God said because of your faith I'm going to make you a great nation. It was all done by their own faith. Then there are those other situations here. When God said it didn't happen by faith, but it did happen. It just happened through faith. I want you all to listen to me now. 
I don't mean to overwhelm you with the amazing articulation of my brilliant mind, but I need you to hear me right now. You need to understand the Bible says through faith we know that the worlds were formed by the word of God. Ladies and gentlemen, that was not because of our faith. All right, I'm starting to feel it now. Let me tell you where I think that. You see, the first five books of the Bible, the Pentateuch was written by Moses. Moses was not even born yet when the world was created. So Moses had faith to get that by revelation. Listen to me now. The Bible said there was a day. Here's my personal opinion. If he, if he believes different, he's right. I'm wrong. I'm just a jerk. You don't have to put up with me that often but 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 here's what I believe the Bible said there was a day that God said Moses if you back up I'll smoke the whole crowd when they were in the wilderness and Moses said God if they die in the wilderness your enemies are going to say that you weren't God enough to bring them out watch 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 he said okay Moses my presence will go with thee but Moses said no if God's going to deliver us it's going to take more than just his presence Moses pushed it a little farther and said Lord show me thy glory hang on to me now what he was saying is I know your presence can carry us a long way but some I've got to see your glory at work to know to know that you're able to get me to the other side and God said Moses there is a place by me and I'll set you in the cleft of the rock and when I pass by I'll put my hand over your eyes so you can see me cause nobody's ever seen my face and live watch he said but when I pass by you I'm going to take away my hand and you're going to see the hindward parts I don't think that God was saying you're going to see my backside God said I'm going to show you where I've been and what I've done and in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth and the earth was without form and void and darkness covered the face of the but that didn't come by my faith that came through Moses faith. Lord, I feel the Holy Ghost here. I want to change something in the mindset of this church. You see, it was Moses that had the faith. We only received through faith. What Moses received by faith. Let me reinforce that for somebody here today. The Bible said through faith, Sarah received the strength to bear a child when she was almost a hundred years old. Don't tell anybody. My old girl Sarah didn't have no faith. Sarah, when the angel walked up and said, hey, listen here, chick, you got a lot of wrinkles. You old, you old. Ah, uh, but you fixing to have a baby. And Sarah went to laughing her head off. And she laughed in the face of an angel that's trying to tell her that she's going to have a baby. But listen, listen, listen. It was not by Sarah's faith. It was through Abraham's faith that she was able to bear a child. Abraham's the one that had the faith that God was going to make of him a great nation. It was her miracle. It was the glory of God manifested 
in her life, but it did not happen by faith. It happened through faith. I'm getting there. I'm fixing to get there. Watch this. To Abraham, it was by faith. But to Sarah, it was through faith. Ladies and gentlemen, to my brothers and my sisters in Mississauga, there's a difference in by faith and through faith. There's a difference in receiving something supernatural because of your own faith and receiving something supernatural, Pastor, because it came through somebody else's faith. But the beauty of the story today is this. Whether it's by faith or whether it's through faith, you can still have your miracle. You can still have an outpouring. You can still have a healing. Watch this, watch this, watch. Y'all better thank God every day you live. I got suspenders on. I'm just going to tell you right now. The consolation of my soul is right there. I only wear a belt for insurance. You see, all of us have the ability for our faith to begin to falter because of the pummeling of our pressures, the weight of our weariness, the heaviness of our heartaches. But the great hope of every struggling saint is that God can either give you a supernatural touch by your faith or God can give you a supernatural touch through somebody else's faith. I've come to preach today to somebody in this house. There's a beautiful difference in by faith and through faith. Let me establish something. What's your, we, we, we. We are traditionally Pentecostal. We've got our little things we got to do, and we got somebody comes up to get prayer, and we take the oil and we start. We gonna pour a little bit of oil on their head, and and then we gonna put our hand in there. We're gonna pray, and man, we gonna get all crazy. You baptize them with a anointing oil, and we're gonna. I'm gonna tell you a secret today. If there is a malady in your life, you don't need a half gallon of oil on your head. If you have faith as of a grain of mustard seed, you can say unto this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea. Whatever you need, you can have by faith. Oh, but if you're in the house, and you're whooped down by the elements of life and you have needs, Bubba, but I don't have the faith. You need to understand there are people in this house that are not trapped in your turmoil. There are people in this place that have the faith to see God change you from destitute to dynamic. It's in this house. It's here right now. It's here right now. Listen to me for a minute. Several years ago, I was traveling overseas. And the crew that I was with wanted to take us to this uh, big false doctrine environment, big idolatry situation. And and they, they said, we want to go to this big courtyard and we want to look and see because it was a uh, paganistic or religious environment that, that people would flock to. And, and they said they make all their pilgrimages. We got to get there. And, and I'm thinking, I don't want to see all that silliness. I got too many other things I could be looking at right now. And they said, oh, no, no, no. We got to go see it. I'm thinking this is the dumbest thing I've ever done in my life. Here I am, a preacher of the gospel, and you want me to go look at the... That, it's crazy! Them people are crazy! And then we get in this big courtyard. 
And I'm sitting here looking. And, and, and I'll confess, I'm a little fired off, Bubba. I'm, I'm thinking, this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Oh, next thing, they're going to want me to play with an idol or something. I don't know. I'm just, and I'm just gropping and acting a fool. All of a sudden, I get to looking around this courtyard. And I notice, darling, there's all these people laying on cots. They got people tied up to cots. They've got people with oxygen on their nose. I'm looking at people whose legs are on them backwards. I'm looking at all of these amazing, heart-wrenching afflictions. And all of a sudden, I look over at the dude that's got us all there. I said, hey, dude, let me ask you. And they're all staring off in the distance to some kind of big palace-looking thing. I said, hey, dude, what's all this stuff? Why, why are all these people here? They said, oh, they said if the holy man comes out and if he'll just wave his hand over the crowd, they have faith that their God will heal them. If they, and they claim that they worship Jehovah God, but they said they've got faith that all he's got to do, this false doctrine propagandist all he's got to do is wave his hand and they're going to be healed well smart aleck brother white i told him sister thompson i said well how's that working out for y'all and he said oh said he don't come out often but if he ever comes out and waves his hands people are going to get up off these beds healed People are going to start running around and rejoicing and worshiping him because he came out and waved his hand. I said, now listen, I'm smart enough to know that God is not going to bless false doctrine. God is not going to bless idolatry. So immediately, I turned to God, Bubba, and I said, God, I want to know if these people are legitimately healed. How are they being healed? You're the healer alone. And God spoke to me, and God said they're being healed because they have faith in me that all that dude's got to do is wave his hand and they're going to be healed. He said they're not being healed because that man's waving his hand. They're being healed because they believe if he'll wave his hand, my presence will touch them. My presence will heal them. <coughs> they were not healed by the joker's faith that was waving his hand. They were healed by faith. God going to heal me. God going to touch me today. I wonder what would happen to every service extraordinary church had if you'd come in here and every service said, I'm going to get a miracle today. I'm going to get a healing today. I'm going to have God rock my world today. Holy God in heaven, I want somebody to hear this preacher. There's not a cancer that can hold on if God tells it to go. There's not a broken bone he can't restore when God says be healed. There's not a disease that can remain when God commands it to go. Today in this house right now, there are people that are hurting and you need a miracle from God. It may be a financial miracle. It may be a, a mental, emotional miracle. You may need a physical miracle. You may have a tumor in your body. But I've got news for you. If your faith is strong enough, by faith, God can heal you in one instant. Can I show you a little something? Watch this. 14th chapter of the book of Acts. Bible said Paul's up preaching. And all of a sudden it said there said a certain man at Lystra impotent in his feet. A cripple from his mother's womb. Are you listening to this? A cripple from his mother's womb that had never walked. The same heard Paul speak. And then Paul looked at this man. He, this is a little by the way. We interrupt this broadcast to bring you a special news bulletin. Don't ever think that the pastor ain't paying attention to you when he's preaching. 
Brother Thompson be up here saying, ah! seeing and doing all his, and the whole time he got one eye looking saying are they responding what are they doing I will, ain't no wonder he not being touched he ain't got it <laughs> and old Paul checking his dude out and he said this guy's got faith to be healed look at the word it had nothing to do with Paul said he had faith to be healed. So Paul walks up to where he's at, says, hey, dude, get up. Let's go have church. And homeboy jumps up and begins to dance and flip and flop and run the aisles and, and go crazy. Hear me today. Anything is possible if you have faith. But what happens when your faith is faltering? Well, you just said if I had faith, yeah, you got faith, anything can happen. But what about those precious people sitting in this building right now that their faith is beat down? Your mind's weary, your heart's hurting, your body's in constant pain, your faith is under attack. But I've come to tell you the beauty of the premise that I preach to you today about the difference between by faith and through faith is that God can either give you a miracle by faith or God can give you a miracle through faith. Yes, I know you're hurting. Yes, I know you have needs. But I've come to preach to you that supernatural power is still in this house. There's others here that can believe God for your touch. Others that can believe God for your miracle. Others that can believe God to restore your marriage. Yeah, so Sometimes it comes by faith and sometimes it comes through faith. So just keep trusting God and whether it's your faith or my faith, get ready for a miracle. Get ready for a miracle. Omar, come help me preach. Come on, I ain't going to bite you. Come help me a minute. That dude back there thinking right now, oh my God, he's going to try to make me preach. I just need you, Omar, for two reasons. Number one, I can remember your name. <laughs> and number two, I ain't laying hands on him like this. I don't want him. I was preaching. Big men's conference. And this joint was packed wall to wall. All these men, I start preaching. Somehow in the middle of my preaching, there I start saying, God can do anything. God can fill you with the Holy Ghost. God can, and I start telling them everything that God can do. And everybody just, ah, losing their mind. Except, homeboy, he was sitting on the front row. And the whole time I'm preaching, he's got his hands over his face and he's just sobbing. And he's crying, my heart went to him and I thought whatever this guy needs he needs desperately I didn't know and well, so I kept on preaching I was saying God can do anything if you need the Holy Ghost he can do it today you'll speak in tongues as a spirit and I'm going on and on and on people are losing their mind homeboy said and my heart went out to him I'd be lying, Sister Thompson, if I said God spoke to me. Had nothing to do with God. It was just my heart. I love people. So I'm walking and I'm down in the aisles and I'm preaching and people are shouting and people are dancing. Nashville, Tennessee, they're all shouting and dancing, cutting up. And when they did, I just walked by the front row and I said, God, whatever it is, I command the Spirit of God to open up on him right now. I took my hand off. It was that simple, dear. I took my hand off of him, took about two steps, and I heard the most blood-curdling scream. Homeboy flops out in the floor. It scared me. When you a fat man and you getting old and you hear somebody scream, 
I turn around, ready. I didn't know what's going on. And all of a sudden I look, and this dude's talking in tongues and rolling around on the floor. What I didn't know, Brother Thompson, is that man had been seeking the Holy Ghost for 10 years. He had been an undercover policeman. In his job, he had to start doing certain drugs to fit in with the people he was trying to infiltrate. He became an addict. He lost his job. He lost his family. And he turned to the church. But when he turned to the church, he said, I've heard for 10 years, God could fill me with the Holy Ghost and had never received the Holy Ghost. Oh, but that day, even though his faith was gone, I walked by where he was, and I said, in the name of Jesus, he can do it by faith, or he can do it through faith. Clap your hands and love him now. Come on, clap your hands and rejoice. I've come to lift somebody's heart today by telling you, when your faith can't move God to the supernatural, when it can't be done by faith, it can still be done. I don't know who you are in this building, but your spirit's weeping so loud I can hear it in this pulpit right now. Brother what I need a miracle. I need a healing. I need God to help me. Just because your faith is wavering doesn't mean that your hope is lost. You are sitting in the midst of a congregation full of ordinary people in an extraordinary church. They haven't been fighting your battles. They haven't endured your trials. They haven't survived your struggles. And their faith is strong enough today. You can have your miracle. You can have the Holy Ghost now. Watch this. You better learn. I told you God's going to take the weapon out of this atmosphere. He's going to take this, that club of influence out of this area. And God's going to put it in your hands. You know how he's going to do it? God's going to teach you that the miraculous can happen by faith or the miraculous can happen through faith. I've come today to empower extraordinary church to tell you that you have the power to lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. You shall cast out devils. You shall speak with new tongues. Be seated, be seated. Let me tell you what I'm talking about. My father-in-law was a pastor for years and years and years. My, 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 he was a good man. He was a big man. He had the consummate preacher's voice. You'd speak to him and say, praise God. Everybody wanted the voice. They called him Bear Harris for good reason. He made me look small. And, and, and I'll never forget the first time I asked my wife out on date. She said, it don't work like that. Feel the leading of the Lord right now. It don't work like that. I asked my beautiful wife out on date and she said, Oh, it don't work like that. I said, What do you mean it don't work like that? I said, I just want you to go out on date with me. You're beautiful. Hey, I ain't marrying no ugly woman. Don't never marry an ugly woman because you got to look at that the rest of your life. And I said, what, what, you, what you mean you, it don't happen like that? She said, anybody. That, he had five daughters, no sons. In for, hang on to me. I'm in the spirit, just hang on. When I met them, they had five daughters. 
They had a female dog. Had six female pups. They had 12 granddaughters. You couldn't buy a boy in that whole tribe. To this day, I'm still have the only two boys in that whole tribe. So, five daughters said, if anybody wants to go out with me or one of my sisters, they have to go ask my daddy. <laughs> I knew I was in the will of God. You feeling that, ain't you? Woo. She feeling it. He feels it in the mouth of two or three witnesses. How many daddies do I have in here that think that's a good idea? My father-in-law, he... <laughs> Homeboy here is shook. How you doing? This child is beautiful. Hey. Spirit done took over. He wants to preach. I'm sorry, baby. Here. Don't go to the street, son. I'm sitting here. Homeboy over here laughing. He's thinking, my God, he was bigger than me. Anyway, my father-in-law was younger. When I tell you he was a master upholsterer, this man had millionaires that would drag boats and stuff hundreds of miles. My father-in-law, the greatest things I've ever seen upholstered were done by my father-in-law when he was just, I didn't know him in those days, but I knew him in his latter days. And, and all of a sudden he got up and he's pulling that material one day and his joints began to hurt a little bit. And, and the next day he noticed he had to take his fingers and, and pull them out. When God first gave me this concept, I want to tell you where this come from. God gave me this concept. I was telling my mother-in-law and she told me this story and they were going to church in Indianapolis at Calvary Tabernacle. Brother Nathaniel Urson was the pastor there and my father-in-law he was he, he got so bad he went to the doctor the doctor said you have advanced rheumatoid arthritis you're going to be completely crippled up and within just a few years his limbs were twisted his body he was nearly uh, resigning to the fact he'd be in a wheelchair the rest of his life. He could barely move. And, and one night, Brother Urshan was preaching. And Brother Urshan looked down at my father-in-law long before he's my father-in-law. And the spirit of faith had set down in that building. And Brother Urshan looked at my father-in-law and said, Marion Harris, get up here. I'm going to lay hands on you and God's going to heal you tonight what brother Urshan didn't take into consideration my father-in-law had a bad birth defect terrible birth defect that filter that goes between your brain and your tongue he was born without one that dude would say Anything. So, Brother Hurston, his pastor said, Get up here, I'm going to lay hands on you. God's going to heal you. My ignorant father in law, that big old building, he said, Don't worry about it. I ain't got the faith for it anyway. <laughs> Brother Hurston turned them black Persian eyes. And he said, Marion Harris, I don't need your faith. I'm going to use my own tonight. He said, get up and get out of your seat and get up here. And my crippled up father-in-law gets out of his seat. And he starts walking to the front. And he gets to the altar. Brother Urshan touches him on the head and says, be made whole in Jesus' name. And my father-in-law stood up and them joints straightened out and 
God healed him instantly. God healed him instantly. Hear me. To every visitor in this place. Brother what I'm, I'm so beat down. I don't stay close to this church. Stay close to this body. Because if your faith is beat down, I bet you there's somebody sitting on your pew. Their faith is soaring right now. Their faith is exploding right now. There is a difference in my faith and through faith. Let, let, let me rush this to a close. We're so messed up. We are so stinking independent and self-consumed that hell tries to convince us that if my faith isn't as strong as I think it's supposed to be, God can't heal me anyway. God can't deliver me anyway. I need somebody in this place to listen. Even I, I've traveled the world. I've laid hands on the worst of cases and I've seen God heal them. But even I can get so beat down by the pressures of it. I look at some people and say there's no need to pray. They don't have faith anyway. It's not a matter of your faith. It becomes a matter of my faith. And somebody in the house ought to lift your hands up and rejoice in him right now. You are extraordinary church I've been preaching for a while now I gotta quit uh, extraordinary church I need you to hear me you are your brother's keeper there's people in here right now that are so beat down they're so discouraged their hearts are so heavy and you are the only hope they've got I have to hurry I got to close. I need you to listen very carefully. The Bible tells us Paul recognized that crippled man had faith and said, get up and do this. But what happens when you don't have the faith? Jesus knew what happens when you don't have faith. Jesus walked by the pool. A man had been laying there 38 years. And God looks at him. And as he walks by the pool of Bethesda, he looks at this dude and he said, wilt thou be made whole? And in one instant, this guy pours out his lament. I've been laying here for 38 years. I ain't never been healed. I'll tell you right now, I ain't got the faith for all that nonsense. I hear faith, 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 faith. I've been doing this for 38 years and it ain't never happened to me. And Jesus said, today is your lucky day. It can happen by faith or it can happen through faith. Rise, take up thy bed and walk. Just in case some of y'all think I'm smoking crack. Listen, listen, listen. If what I'm preaching is accurate, it gives brand new meaning to Peter and John going to the gate beautiful. And the guy's crippled laying there saying, alms, alms. And Peter and John steadfastly putting their eyes on this old boy. They said, silver and gold. <laughs> Have I none, but such as I have give I unto thee. Watch, watch. I want to show you how easy this is. I believe in the gifts of the Spirit. I, I understand sometimes the gifts of the Spirit get spooky. Ooh, I understand. But let me tell you a little something, something here tonight. I live and die by my cell phone. I've got... Dates on my cell phone for two years ahead right now in some instances. I, I, I don't even know what I'm doing Monday, but I got it on my to-do list. Well, I think I'm flying home Monday. I'm not sure. But I live and die by my phone. But come here. Can I trust her?
I love my phone. I just had to get a new phone because my son, who is the pastor of the church, I live on a ranch. We got a bunch of horses, cows. Yep, I'm really a Texan. You lucky I'm not wearing my cowboy boots. He broke his phone and he needed another phone. Well, I had a phone that I'd had for a long time. Didn't have a scratch on it, Brother Thompson. And I thought, bless God, I'll just go buy me a new phone, give him my old one. And he, I bought him a brand new phone. The next day he ran over it again. I love my phone. This is my phone. This is my phone. But if I looked at you and I said, God love her heart, she needs a phone. My hearing aids go through my phone, by the way. You don't know it, but I've got three calls while I've been up in the pulpit preaching today. Makes me crazy. But, 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 but if I look at this and I say, it's my phone, but this darling needs a phone. And Well, I, say I had two of them and I say, I tell you what, baby, you need a phone. I'm going to let you gonna let you have it. Don't you be moving. I'm gonna let you be. It's, it's mine. I paid for it. It's mine. I'm the one that expended what I had to achieve that. But if I said I want to give this to you, you know what we call that? We call that a gift. And when you meet somebody that needs a miracle when you meet somebody that needs a healing when you meet somebody that needs an answer you better have enough faith left over that you can say ooh have I got a gift for you that's why they call it the gift of faith it belongs to somebody else but I'm going to let you be in touch with a gift that will change your world. Hey, is there anybody that believes what I'm preaching? You need a miracle, baby. You do need a miracle? Good. Thank you, baby. You need a miracle. Let me show you the word of God. Come here. I'm trying to quit. I'm trying. Sister Thompson, I've, I've already been going probably 50 minutes. i got to quit. You need a miracle, baby? Watch this. There's two scriptures back to back in the word of God. It says, is there any afflicted among you? If you go back to the original one, it says, is there any afflicted among you? It means, is there anybody suffering? Among you. You're suffering. You're suffering, baby. The Bible said, let them pray. Lift your hands up and pray. And in one moment of faith, whatever her issue is, God can take care of it. One moment. God can do it. One moment. But what happens when this darling needs something but her faith is beat down? Her heart is beat down. Who in here has faith? You can believe God for anything, right? Come here, darling. Come here, come here. Come here, hurry, hurry, hurry. I can believe God for anything. Watch this, watch. You gotta see this. You got to see. You got to see this. It'll revolutionize your faith. He said it tonight. We're not doing it for what's in these walls. We're doing it for what's out there. You're going to meet somebody that needs a miracle. You're going to meet somebody that needs a healing. Is there any afflicted? Is there anybody suffering? Let them pray. But then the verse goes on and says, is there any sick among you? Go back to the original transliteration. It means, is there anybody suffering and without strength. The only difference between if there's anybody afflicted and anybody sick, he said, are you suffering? Pray. But he said, if you're suffering and you don't have any strength left, let them call for the elders of the church and let them anoint. 
by faith through faith by faith through faith somebody throw your hands up and tell God teach me how to operate in faith teach me how to operate in faith I gotta quit I gotta quit I gotta quit I gotta quit silver and gold have I none but such as I have give I why don't you pray for a brother or sister right now that's beat down you don't have to lay your hands on them right now just pray somebody in this house is struggling you ought to pray that God would touch them in this place thanks for listening to our podcast Join us next week for another message of hope and life in Jesus. If you like what you just heard, we hope you'll pass along our web address to all of your friends, extraordinarychurch.ca. We are a young church plant with a lot of people living an extraordinary life in Jesus. If you're looking for a way to become better connected to what God is doing, email us, info at extraordinarychurch.ca. We'd love to hear from you.